Welcome to Chill How We Chat, the Maryville College podcast. Thank you for joining us. Our guest today is Amy Lundell, the college archivist. She joined the college staff in the spring of 2018. But Amy, you are not new to campus. You have a rich history with us. Tell us about that. Yes, I am a class of 2006, a third generation alumna, and the sixth person in my family to graduate from Maryville College. My grandmother, LaVon Hurd, graduated in 1948. My parents, David and Laura, graduated in 1976. And my aunt and uncle, Barbara and Tom Peters, graduated in 1978. That's great. Well, what drew you to this career in archives? Well, I have always loved history. I grew up going to museums and historic sites and began researching my family history when I was 12. And this led me to majoring in history here at Maryville College. Between my interest in family history and researching my senior thesis here at the college, I spent a lot of time in archives and I just fell in love with it. I went on to get my master's in public history, specializing in archival management and administration from Middle Tennessee State. And I love the fact that I get to work daily with tangible history from Isaac Anderson's sermons to Harry Harder's original orchestral and choral manuscripts. Not only is my work preserving these incredible assets of the college history for future generations, but I also get the privilege of connecting our present generation of students with this rich history. Holding these letters, scrapbooks, photographs, yearbooks, and even business ledgers brings the past to life for these students. You can really see how much has changed or really how little. Ah, yes. <laughs> what? What are some of the challenges that organizations like Maryville College face as we preserve past documents and artifacts like the ones you were just mentioning? Well, with such a rich history here at Maryville College, we have a wide variety of material in the archives, from paper and photographs all the way to textiles and even ashtrays. Knowing what we have, where it is, how best to preserve it, and facilitating access to our archival material are the main challenges that we face. And really, these are challenges that all archives face. When I'm not assisting researchers, I've begun the long process of identifying what we have, organizing it, and preserving it according to archival standards. One of the things that has changed, I'd say, even in just the time that you've been doing um, this career, how is technology redefining what we do in archives? So one of the biggest challenges in archives is balancing the preservation of our archival material and access to it. So many of our archival records are really fragile and extensive handling could cause damage or even destroy this valuable history. Technology, however, is helping us to bridge this gap. We've been able to digitize many of our most requested records from the Chahawian, uh, which we have digitized from 1906 up to 2009, and the Highland Echo, which we have from 1915 to 1997. And not only does this provide a means of access that preserves our fragile paper copies, it allows anyone in the world to view them without having to visit the archives. In addition, the scans of these documents are what we call OCR'd, which means they are searchable for specific words or phrases, something that would be impossible with the original records. I'm gonna ask you one question that's not mm -hmm. on your sheet, but have you had people from other parts of the world or country contact the archives looking for something specific? We've had many alumni or descendants of alumni from across the country um, contacting us with information. Either they want to give us information about their family here or they're asking for information. We get a lot of, I heard that my grandfather went here and what information do you have on them? Can you tell me what they did in school? Any of that kind of information. Do you think the increase of that is, you know, the 
the um, popularity of things like Ancestry and, you know, it, all of those, do you think that that's helping drive some of these inquiries? I think it is a lot of that. Um, there is an increase in family history between television shows and um, just anybody who's interested in where they came from. And we get a lot of questions about that. What is the most unique thing in the archives, or, or maybe not the most unique, but what's your favorite thing that we have in archives here at Maryville College? Honestly, it is really hard to pick a favorite thing or a most unique thing. Um, every day I find something new or I can look at a seemingly uninteresting document and make a new important connection that tells me more about the history of the college. Right now, I'd have to say one of my favorite things would be the photo of the 1861 senior class with Dr. Robinson, who was the second president of Maryville College. This is the last graduating class before the Civil War. Uh, it was given to the college by one of the members of that class, a Frederick A.G. Handy, who went on to become a uh, journalist in Virginia and D.C. and even a charter member of the Gridiron Club, which is the oldest journalism organization in D.C. Wow, that's amazing. It is our bicentennial year. How have the archives helped us tell this bicentennial story? Well, the Maryville College Archives has been heavily involved in helping the college tell this bicentennial story from providing research assistance for articles in the focus to helping create the exhibit in the Isaac Anderson cabin at the Great Smoky Mountains Heritage Center. And one project that stands out to me is the story of the Margaret Henry letters. A few years ago during Kintakahashi Week, uh, Maryville College alumna Polly Bowers was helping our archives volunteers and came across letters written by Margaret Henry, who was our first scholarship secretary here at the school. And this large collection of letters so fascinated Polly that she realized that this story needed to be told, the story of Margaret Henry and the development of the scholarship program here at Maryville College. And the outcome of that realization was the recently published book Echoes from the Hilltop. And throughout the book, there are quotes from the Margaret Henry letters in our collection, which truly helped bring her story to life. And what's amazing to me is that that story was living in archives all of these years. Yes. And, and does it make you wonder what else, what, uh, what else we haven't uncovered yet? There are so many stories in what we have. I mean, every day we come across something that we're like, ooh, we need to write this down. Surely there's someone who needs a senior thesis topic. We've got one for them now. So, um, yeah, if there's anybody who wants to <laughs> do any research, I'm sure we can find something. How do students, current students, interact with the archives here at the college? We have a couple of students who are working on their senior studies uh, who are using the archives as uh, reference material for their research. Uh, we also currently have about three different classes this semester who actually have a required archives visit as part of their coursework, um, one of which uh, is an entire class on the history of Maryville College, a History 149 course. And so a lot of them are really getting a chance to get their hands into what we have in the archives and familiarizing themselves with the history of the college. Why is it important for places like Maryville College to have a centralized location? Because I know we kept our documents for many years in different parts of the campus. Why is it important that we have them in one place? The main reasons are for preservation and security. Um, having them all in one place means they don't get lost, they don't get destroyed by accident, they don't wander off um, or anything like that. And then for the preservation, um, having them all in one location allows us to control the environment that they are in. So we can keep temperature and humidity standards to um, what they need to be for those materials. 
we don't have to worry about mold growing on everything or mildew or them drying up so much they become so brittle that they just fall apart if you look at them. So really having them all together in one place is for preservation security. It also helps with access. It gives, for example, students one place that they can go and they always know, okay, I need a primary source document on college history. I go to the archives, not I go to the back closet in right. so-and-so's <laughs> office and maybe I'll ask so-and-so where this is. But instead, they know that this is the one place they can have everything. Our tagline for the bicentennial year is noble, grand, and true. So as an alum and a current staff person here at the college, I'm going to ask you, what does noble, grand, and true mean to you personally? To me, noble, grand, and true represents the history and the legacy of Maryville College. I mean, Isaac Anderson had a grand ambition to establish a seminary in a rural area that would train future ministers in the Presbyterian Church no matter their race or economic condition. Within his own lifetime, that seminary would develop into a college that would train not only ministers, but teachers, doctors, lawyers, and numerous other professions. Maryville College opened its doors to anyone wanting to learn, including the first woman to graduate with a bachelor's degree in the state of Tennessee, Mary Tomlinson Wilson in 1875. In the early 20th century, Margaret Henry developed the foundation of the scholarship programs we have today. And without Mary or Margaret, my grandmother, nor I, nor thousands of other students would have been able to come to Maryville College. To me, Noble Grand and True represents all the faculty, staff, and alumni who have really left their mark on this campus and the world around us. Thank you, Amy. We appreciate you joining us today, and we thank you for joining us for this episode of Chill How We Chat.